Happy New Year. Did you know that today is the first day of the Christian year? For those of you who didn't grow up in the church that celebrates the different seasons of the Christian year, then let me explain. If you are watching this on November 27th of 2022, the Christian year starts today with the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent is the season of preparation for Christmas. So for the Christian year, it begins with this anticipation of the coming of Jesus the Messiah. I don't know about you, but I like that. And during the the season of Advent, we are anticipating the coming of Jesus. We're anticipating what that coming means because Jesus changes everything. And some of you here, uh, as you're watching, I bet you're still making plans for Christmas. You're trying to decide if you're going to spend Christmas at home or are you going to go to travel to your grandparents' house or spend it with family? Is this the year you get to see the kids? All those things. All these plans and places that are a part of the season. For our family, Christmas typically means some type of travel. And travel at Christmas time, it can sometimes be stressful. I remember when we had small kids, it felt like we needed a travel trailer for all the gear for those kids. You got the car seat jammed in the back seat, strollers, travel beds, blow up mattresses, enough snacks and food to survive a nuclear winter. And if we're going to Dallas, you almost always have to pack either for 80 degree weather or an ice storm and maybe both. Toys, diapers, presents, and then there's the traffic. Then every once in a while, you might get a flat tire. You ever see that Suburban stopped on the side of the road with the flat tire and it looks like they've, they're have they having a garage sale on the side of the road because they had to unload the whole back of the car to get to the spare tire that's conveniently tucked underneath everything. Yeah, that's the way it is sometimes. When we're traveling for Christmas, we're past that age now, thankfully. And it's a lot easier to pack our gear for a trip. Actually, we've just replaced that gear with making sure we have all our medications packed for the week and we bring the right pillows so we can sleep. And when we travel, my wife is always the navigator and I typically drive. And the reason she's the navigator, as many of you know, is that she knows where she is going and I tend to get lost. One of the greatest inventions of the past 10 years is this map application right here on my phone where I can put in an address and a nice female voice gives me directions on how to get where I'm supposed to go. And when I'm driving into Amarillo by myself, I'm here in Canyon. I typically always put the address in my phone and let the kind lady tell me where to go. Because for some reason, my brain is defective when it comes to directions. And every once in a while, actually more times than I want to admit, I will miss an exit. And you know what happens then? Yeah, that little spinning wheel on my phone and the voice telling me rerouting. And when you're traveling in Canyon or Amarillo, it's not really a big deal if you miss an exit. You'll get back to it pretty quickly. But if you're in Dallas or Houston or some other metropolitan area, it's a whole other story that can add quite a bit of stress to the journey. When we read about the Christmas story in the book of Matthew, we realize pretty quickly that the journey to Christmas had many moments of rerouting. It wasn't a journey directly from point A to point B. Rather, it was a treacherous journey. It was a journey of mixed exits, a journey of detours, a journey of dangers, a journey filled with stress, a journey filled with unplanned guests, a journey going to places and cities that they did not expect. It was a constant rerouting on the road to Christmas. 
You know, we often have an ideal about how Christmas should happen, but rarely does it unfold exactly as we planned. And I'm betting that this year is no different. The question is, will we be able to reroute on the road to Christmas when our plans go awry? Will we be able to navigate the roads that we don't expect to journey when we started out? Or will the potholes and the orange cones of life keep us from truly experiencing the glory of this season? So as we start down this road of Advent, we're going to be looking at many of the different places mentioned in the Christmas story. We'll be hanging out in the Gospel of Matthew each week during this season. Matthew is taking us on a journey, and he has laid out his map for us to get to Christmas. But again, it is a journey we didn't expect. But it was a journey directed by God, and the drama of the events unfolding each character faces challenges along the way. But we see how God protects Jesus and his family all along the road. So let's go back to our text for this morning and read it again. Chapter uh, 2, verse 13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Right here in the midst of the Christmas story, we see a major detour a rerouting that takes them on a journey they did not expect. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to the beginning of Matthew's gospel, because as I've already said, Matthew is taking us on a journey. Where the other gospels start with John the Baptist proclaiming the coming of the Messiah, like Mark, or going back to the beginning of time, like John, or the details of the birth, like Luke, Matthew starts with a genealogy. Matthew only briefly relays the birth in two verses, chapter uh, verse one, chapter one, verse eighteen. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about, and chapter two, verse one, after Jesus was born. That's it. No manger, no shepherds. But Matthew spends a whole chapter on a genealogy, and the reason he does this is twofold. He's helping answer the question: Who is Jesus, and where does he come? Matthew hammers into our minds that Jesus is the son of David, the son of Abraham, and it ends with the sentence of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. That his name shall be called Jesus. The name itself means the one who saves. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew is giving us the roadmap to Christmas. It begins with a baby who is the one who saves. This baby is somehow God with us. This is Jesus. But where did he come from? All of chapter 2 really is spent answering this question. We get all kinds of locations and geographic names. Bethlehem and Judea, the land to the east, Jerusalem, Egypt, Ramah, Galilee, Nazareth. Matthew is giving us a roadmap to the overall story in these first two chapters. Who is Jesus? Where did he come from? He's giving us the theme of the whole gospel. He's giving us kind of a, a taste of where we're headed. It might seem like it's a journey of many detours and rerouting, but it is laid out in a way that I think is absolutely amazing. 
these two chapters, the first two of Matthew, they're kind of like the prelude to a great symphony. We get to hear the basic melody that's about to come, themes that have been already introduced in the Old Testament are being built upon as Jesus is born. We hear the prelude and anticipate the beautiful music that is to come. And here in our text, we see that there were wise men from the East that have come to pay their respects to this newborn king. We'll hear more about their story in another week. There are all types of traditions surrounding these mysterious visitors. They've sometimes been called kings and have been depicted in various paintings and throughout the centuries, but but Matthew doesn't mention three kings. Rather, he is focusing on two kings and two kingdoms, King Herod and King Jesus. The narrative begins with a question from these men from the East. Where is the one who is born the king of the Jews? It seems like such an innocent question, but it was asked of the wrong person, Herod. You see, Herod was an Edomite who had overthrown the ancestors of the Hasmonean priest kings of the Jews. He was given quite a bit of power, and he ruled for more than 30 years in Palestine. He brought peace to the area, a brutal peace, built on heavy taxes, slave labor, and a relentless and unmerciful elimination of anyone who opposed him. Herod had become suspicious of just about everyone. He had his wife killed, and his sons, and thousands of his friends. So, it was even said it was safer to be one of uh, Herod's pigs than his son. So when he heard that there was a birth of one who was to be the king of the Jews, Herod acted swiftly because Herod wanted to be the king of the Jews. But he wasn't a properly a descendant of David. He wasn't really a proper Jew. So an angel of the Lord warns Joseph in a dream, and immediately the family begins the 80-mile journey from Bethlehem to Egypt. Most likely, they settled somewhere in Alexandria, which was home to many refugees, Jews, and exiled Jews. This was a rerouting that they had no idea they would have to take. They had to leave their homeland and journey as a refugee to Egypt. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph had to live several years as a refugee. This is not the route that they expected for their life. They didn't want it. But they had to make the best of it. I bet there are things in your life that are the same way. You're having to reroute on your road to Christmas. But Matthew is intentional in telling us this part of the story of Jesus. There's a deeper reason. God always has a deeper intention and reason. Egypt isn't just a random country that Jesus and his family flee to. Egypt is wrapped up in the story of the Jewish people. It was in Egypt that the first Joseph, the Old Testament went just like Jesus does. And in Egypt, this first Joseph was protected by God. You remember the story of that first Joseph? He was sold into slavery by his family. He spent several years unjustly in prison. But God called him and gave him a place of great honor in Pharaoh's court. And Joseph rightly interpreted that the reason all this happened was so that God could use him to ultimately protect his family and all of Egypt from a great famine. We see the same thing in Jesus. Jesus will ultimately protect the people of God, and not just them, but offer salvation for the whole world. That was just part of the story of Egypt. Later, the people of God fell into slavery in Egypt, 
and were brutally treated. And it was in this time in Egypt that God called Moses to free his people from the brutal slavery of Pharaoh, the great exodus of the people of God from Egypt to the promised land. So when Matthew relays the story of Jesus going to Egypt, we see the theological implications of this. Jesus identifies with his people's heritage and past. He knows what it means to have to flee from a brutal dictator. He knows what it feels like to be a refugee. He identifies with our pains and our grief. And Matthew is also making the point that in Jesus, the anticipated salvation of God's people has started. Here we have the new exodus. The ultimate road of salvation is being paved in Jesus. God is rerouting his people through a better road, a better salvation. Jesus will guide them on this new way. They lost their way in the first exodus, but here we have a better exodus. Matthew uses a quote from the Old Testament book of Hosea to remind us of this. He says this, Out of Egypt I call my son. In Jesus, the stories of the Old Testament, the prophecies of God are all being fulfilled in him. He is the ultimate rerouting. Without Jesus, there is no reason or purpose of the journey we take. But Jesus reroutes our life and reorients our life, giving purpose and direction. Healing past mistakes, giving purpose to the pain and grief, giving us hope for the future, giving us peace for the future, giving us joy for the journey, giving us love. We have been called out of exile in Egypt. Jesus the Savior is born. God is with us. This is the good news of Christmas. This is the rerouting we are on. But God is with us. Let us pray. How we thank you, God, for the journey that we are on. Help us to remember that you're always with us, that you are in control, and that we can trust in you. We're so grateful for this season and for this Advent. Prepare our hearts for you and for your coming. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray that you have a great and blessed week. Y'all take care.